You are now listening to the Inner Circle Podcast Network. Get them titties out. Get them kitties out. Get them cooters out. Get them pooters out. Shit happens when you party naked. Shit happens when you party naked. Get them titties out. Get them kitties out. Get them cooters out. Get them pooters out. Shit happens when you party. Naked. I was going to have to shoot myself in the mouth. No, you don't want to do that. No, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I mean, I kind of want to do that. I I feel like I haven't slept in weeks. Mm-hmm. Kind of want to do that. Nah, shooting yourself in the mouth is overrated. I, I agree. Shooting yourself in the mouth is not as cool as it could be. Welcome to Shit Happens When You Party Naked. I'm Jason Almy. I'm joined by my co-host. Christina Almy. Yeah, the beautiful, the smart, the saucy, little spicy. Sleep deprived. Definitely sleep deprived, Christina Almy. My co-host, and we're also joined today by our esteemed and magnanimous guest, Mr. Pimp Juice himself, <laughs> Delvin Cox of the Delvin Cox Experience. What's good, man? How you doing? Everything is good, brother. Everything is excellent. Awesome, awesome. But you haven't fucked any cats lately. You haven't been driven no. to that level of desperation. Haven't you gotten there yet. Fortunately. Need to fornicate with a cat. I say save that type of thing for the zombie apocalypse. There's no need to, I mean, there's no need to rape a cat on a normal day. Yeah. Save it for when you really get desperate. Wait till it all breaks down and all hell breaks loose. And then people won't judge you then. Nobody's going to judge you because there's zombies walking the streets, eating people's brains. If you butt fuck a cat, that's not the weirdest thing someone's seen all day. If your penis fits in a cat. mm. I mean, you make room. Also, I'm not huge. I'm just I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty average. I'm I'm just gonna throw that out there for the internet. I don't think there's anybody that's gonna be surprised by this particular revelation. Because you've said it before. Because I've said it again and again. You know, hey, it's average, but it keeps me happy. So I'm just thinking of your penis going into Sade. Yeah, well, let's try not to think about that. I would hate to do that to the poor guy. We have a cat at home that we love a lot, and um I would never rape him. There you go, yeah. Okay, so That's we're gonna do the next hour Put like your hands this. Hands in your lap, <laughs> your other head. Yeah. So, uh, what are we talking about today? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, thank you again for joining us. It's very nice to be able to chat with you again. I love the city skyline in the background. I need to get something yes. nice for our background. This is just our office. That works. Yeah. I see the globe. The world is yours. Yeah, I got the, the globe. Yeah. We all watched Dave Chappelle's new. Stand up this week, sticks and stones. It was horrible. I was triggered. I was How so triggered. Talk about people in an offensive way when he's talking about comedy. He made, I mean, he made like two trans jokes. I can't believe it. He made a Chinese joke, completely inappropriate. I know I'm not. I'm not even one percent Chinese, and yet I am still offended. I'm offended. I just reminded myself of something I wanted to talk to you two about. Is it like? Is it weird when somebody gets offended on behalf of other people? Like, it, would it be weird for me to get all offended because Dave Chappelle did a uh, impression of a Chinese person and I'm not even the least bit Chinese? Like, is that 
presumptuous of me? Should I be Chinese to get offended? Is it weird for me to get? What do you guys think? And in the day, like when it comes to comedy, especially, you kind of say what you want to say. The only rules to comedy is it better be funny. Yeah. So if you're going to say a racist ass joke, that shit better be hilarious to the point where all races are like, you know what? Racist as fuck, but that was funny as fuck. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, I mean, this might be revealing of me, but I really didn't find the Chinese impressions like super duper racist. I mean, they were not at all. They were I they were either. caricatures for sure. But like, I wasn't like, oh my god, this is. Wor- I have never seen anything this bad. Like, I I can't. Oh my god, Dave, how could you? You know. But you know, I think it goes to say, if you guys, listen, I don't know if you guys like watched. A lot of black comedies shows like stand-ups back in the day. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I've got like all of Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy's stuff. I've got I, like all on DVD before there was like streaming, and now you can just stream it. But I had to go buy all that shit. Like when Richard Pryor passed away, I had to go get his whole catalog so I could watch it all. Yeah, but a lot of that comedy back then was that. You hear like Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor make jokes about white people. Yeah, all oh, the yeah. time. That was commonplace for comedy in terms of in those times. They'd make gay jokes, they'd gay make jokes. black jokes. It was nothing off limits. I was talking to our last week's guest, Judy Jean Kwan, about Eddie Murphy and some of the shit. I mean, if you go back and listen to his stuff from the eighties, he's talking about Mr. T, like, hey boy, come over here, fuck me in my ass. You looking mighty good in them jeans. You better not come too quick. I'll clench my butt cheeks, rip your dick off. Like he's got all these jokes about basically being gay and kind of poking fun at it. And like, I don't know if you could pull any of that shit today. I think people would, the critics would just be like, uh, and the crazy thing about it is even with, cause me, I thought Dave Chappelle's stand up was tame. I didn't think it was that bad. Like I read the critics, like, obviously we're talking about this because the critic consensus was like 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, uh, that's actually a pretty low rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Whereas the audience, and I looked at it, there are 30, over 36,000 audience members that reviewed sticks and stones and it's at 99%. So that's a really huge disparity to me where the audience obviously loved it and it's tens of thousands of audience members. I mean, unless it's all Russian bots, what do you think? Is it, you think Russian bots hacked the the Rotten Mm -hmm. Tomatoes to give Dave Chappelle 99%? I'm sure they didn't. Okay. So you think it's real people. I thought it was really good and actually changed my opinion. And you're a real person. Yeah. I actually didn't like him or I didn't think he was entertaining or that funny. But I thought it was really actually... Um, I think this is where he hangs up on us. <laughs> he just closes his laptop just, slowly. No, but I thought, <laughs> I thought it was really intelligent. I don't know. It felt really well done. Yeah. And it seemed like um, he was taking all of today's, you know, current events or current... Um, you know, kind yeah, of current scenarios. events, kind of current political climate, and, all that. And he just took like kind of like devil's advocate point of view. Like, well, you say this, I can say this. Like, well, you know, yeah, when, yeah. It, like it didn't seem offensive to me at all. He was just taking a different take on most of it. And it was funny. Do you think if you had been Chinese and watching it, would you have been a little bit more offended at I parts of that? I barely thought that was like, that wasn't even, I didn't think it was racist at all. Yeah. It was just a uh, mild impersonation. Delvin, I got best. yelled at. I got yelled at months ago on the internet because of an episode that I did. Chris Wutsky from Hashtag No Offense was in town. He flew to town to hang out with us. And uh, the night before, 
me and Chris went out to dinner. I picked them up from the airport. So we went out to dinner at um, a Chinese restaurant in Boston to get like legit Chinese barbecue. But we get there at like nine o'clock and they're like out of everything. So I'm telling the story the next day. And I'm doing like an Asian accent. I'm like putting on an Asian accent as I'm pretending to be the Asian lady. Like, we don't have duck, uh, no pork either. Uh, we're out of lobster. Uh, white boys, you guys are going to have to eat the napkins. Like, I made a joke. Like, there's just, there was no food left. Like, we literally we got there and we like place an order and she'd have to go back to the kitchen. And then five minutes later, she'd come back and say, we're out of duck. And then, okay, how about the pork? She comes back, we're out of pork. So like 15 minutes go by where she's like, every time I ask for something, she comes back. She's like, we're out. I'm like, fuck it. We're going to have to eat the napkins, right? So, of course, I do the Chinese voice and I got some shit later on. Somebody heard the episode and sat, slid into my DMs and was like, dude, you know, like, I'm not saying you're racist or anything, but like... You know, I don't get why that's so offensive. Well, I guess it depends on the person, right? Like offense is in the eye of the beholder. Like just because you're speaking with the slang of another kind of culture or, you know, tongue, why is that so offensive? I mean, I guess it just feels kind of mean to some people. Like, like why? That's how they. Fu- that's how people <laughs> of Asian descent fucking talk. Like, why is that offensive? <laughs> Not always, Judy Jean. Like she's. 100% Korean and she doesn't speak if any her, Korean. If so, so there you fucking go. So if your native <laughs> tongue, if your first language is, you know, English, you're going to sound maybe more American or wherever you yeah. grew up speaking English. But I don't know. I just think have that's you, have you ever been offended? overly fucking sensitive. Have you ever been offended when you hear a comedian do a white person voice? Like Dave does them really well, actually, in a lot of his stand-ups. Not even a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Dave does, does, he does his white friends like all the time. It's like, Dave, put your scrotum away. What was that? It was like an early one where he gets pulled over <laughs> yeah. with his white friend and his, he's like, what, Dave, I got this. Put your scrotum away, Dave. I, I, I'll talk to the officer, Dave. And he does like this. Dave does his white friend voice. And he's like, he's like, oh, I didn't know I couldn't do that, officer. That's actually one of my favorite lines from that stand-up. Well, and I think they're always a little exaggerated. Like they're kind of, you know, um, they do it so that it's identifiable, you know, and yeah. not everybody of every culture or, you know, this is going to speak exactly like that. But I've never been offended when somebody is speaking like a white person. I'm like, yeah, no, I kind of sound like that. I actually kind of think Dave's white, white dude voice is pretty hilarious, actually. Yeah. I didn't know I couldn't yeah. do that, officer. <laughs> Dave, put your scrotum down. I, I, I love when he does. But he has to do different voices, right? I mean, he's one person up on the stage for an hour. And if he's going to evoke these other people. If he's going to say, well, this is what my white friend said when we got pulled over by the cops, he sort of has to, he can't make, he can't deliver his white friend's lines and sound like Dave Chappelle. He has to sound like his white friend or he has to sound like his Chinese wife or something. I mean, you can say it in Dave Chappelle's voice, but it's important for comics, especially in those states to tell a story to convey what they're trying to get to. When you just sit there and the whole time you're being Dave Chappelle, and you're not conveying the whole different aspects of the story, the joke yeah. doesn't go over as well. I agree I, with that. It's like a caricature when you go to the, like the fair or like uh, the the amusement parks or whatever, and they got the guy there and he's drawing the caricature and they they draw you kind of cartoony, but they make your head really big and they draw your your various features and they make you look like a big cartoon. Exaggerated. Yeah, it's exaggerated, but it sort of looks like you because you're like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I've got like dimples yeah. like that. And you I've exaggerate got how a white you, person sounds, but it kind of sounds like yeah. me, but it might be exaggerated. But yeah, that's kind of how white people talk. But it's for the purpose of entertainment, right? Yeah. So he's supposed to like blow these things out I, and I exaggerate think, them. To, I just think it's a sign of today. And that's why I thought his stand-up was beautiful because I feel like mm. he was putting it in the 
in everybody's face, like I know everybody's fucking sensitive. I'm going to say kind of the unpopular opinion and make it funny though. Yeah. I thought it was good. That's why he called it sticks and stones, right? I mean, it's a reference to that old adage, that old kind of nursery rhyme, sticks and stones may Mm -hmm. break my bones, but words will never hurt Mm -hmm. me. Do you feel like words Mm -hmm. are hurting people these days, Delvin? The majority of people know. And I think his stand-up kind of shows that when you see the critic rate is like at a 33, but the audience rate is at a 99. Mm. Yeah. So that tells you the most, the majority of people don't give a fuck. Yeah. They don't care. They just, they just yeah. want to be entertained. But I think we live in a lexicon now where being socially outraged is the cool thing to be. So when you're in public, you got to kind of be, oh, you can't say that. But when you're in the privacy of your own home, like, oh, that shit's fine. Yeah. Because like I said, the whole thing with, with the Rotten Tomatoes thing is, you don't have to put your name and face mm-hmm. behind whether you like it or not. Synonymous. Unless you're a critic. Yeah, unless you're a critic. Yeah, the critic has to, they have to convey a uh, certain. that's so true. Like, I'm the critic and everyone's going to see my face. It's not and politically correct, so I I'm going to give it yes. a bad rating. Yeah, I have to pretend like I dislike Pussy. that or disapprove. Yeah, Pussy. But, man, you could go on there and be like, hey, we, we love this and we'll get no flack for it. I think yeah. that shows what that's society's true. at. Like, most people don't give a fuck. I think you're right. We don't really care. I think that's really true. And I think too, like social, um, where you can be out in the social network so much, like maybe that's bringing more light to the people who get butt hurt so easy and everybody can see it and it can go viral. Everybody's, you know, issue, but maybe it is still just a smaller percent. Yeah. So if you're... We're more aware of all the people getting pissy. Yeah. You're more likely to leave a comment on someone's post if they post something kind of offensive and you get kind of pissed, you're more likely to leave a comment. But if you see something kind of funny on social media, you laugh and you keep scrolling. You don't, Mm, you're not going to leave a comment. So like the approval oftentimes goes unnoticed, but people disapproving it's they're out there because they're saying, wait, hold on. You posted something. I don't think this shit is funny Mm -hmm. because this is insensitive. Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. And you can see that all the time in comments too. I feel like there's always, I always find the comments entertaining. Somebody's always getting pissy. Like, that's so inappropriate. You said that. Yeah. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Like, well, don't fucking read it. Yeah. Keep, keep, keep on. Keep moving. Keep moving, motherfucker. Yeah. Keep <laughs> scrolling. I had that shit happen to me yesterday. I posted some shit about deaf girls making noise like, like clubbing a baby seal when you're having <laughs> sex with them. You know what I'm saying? I thought that shit was funny. Like... Yeah, like that's how it would sound if you fucking. Uh, I gotta like find some porn with like a deaf girl in it now, just so I can verify. But I found this like little meme, and it was like, "You ain't heard shit till you fucked a deaf girl." They sound like you're clubbing a baby seal or whatever. And some deaf girl like literally like left a comment on my shit. Like, I think you're an asshole. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. I think you're a whiny twat. Keep moving. You know what I mean? Like. It was pretty funny. And then I, I, I'm a member of a little group and, um, it's on, on Instagram and I posted a screen cap and I was like, Hey, I think I triggered this deaf girl and it's crickets in there. It's fucking crickets in that chat group. Nobody says shit. Like five hours later, one of the other ladies in that chat group was like, well, it was pretty offensive. (laughs) Fuck. I can't mean, Jesus, I got to call Delvin. Somebody has got to appreciate my fucking humor. You know what I'm saying? One of the things that always makes me laugh. Is when, when sometimes we're in a group, because we're in a group, plenty, plenty yeah. of groups together. Yeah. But somebody makes a black joke, 
and they realize, oh shit, that was <laughs> everyone's like, <laughs> somebody cracks a blackjack and everyone's like, wait, um, before I laugh, let's look over at Delvin. <laughs> All right, Delvin's laughing. Okay, <laughs> slap my knee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm always like, hey, uh, Bobby's in this chat. We're in a, we have an inner circle like group chat, and I'm always like, yo, guys, Bobby's in this chat. Like when Bobby first joined it, um, I remember I went uh, like Riley's brother Mike. I was like, yo, Mike. Um, you're gonna have to lay off the black jokes. Uh, Bob, Bob, we, Bobby just joined the chat, and he was like, "What the fuck, man? I don't tell any black jokes." And I was like, "Dude, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm pulling your leg." Like I tried to make him look like an asshole in front of Bobby. He's never told a black joke in his life, as far as I know, at least in the chat, right? But I was like, "Hey, Bobby's here. You can't, you can't, you you can't post those jokes anymore, man." You know? <laughs> he was like, "What the fuck, man?" Sorry, bro. <laughs> Failing Hollywood. Everybody, go listen to Mikey's show. He does not tell inappropriate jokes about black people or any other people, really. Christina, you mentioned that Dave Chappelle's show was kind of genius. And I think it was actually kind of genius. I thought a lot about Sticks and Stones this week because it took me four attempts to get through it. Mm-hmm. Although I did watch it mostly twice since you joined me for the, the other part. But The life of having an infant. So he calls it Sticks and Stones. It's pretty obvious that what he's about to say is possibly offensive, but he wants to remind people like, hey, has anybody ever been so offended like you had to go to the hospital? Like, have you ever had to, like, like if I hit you with a stone over the head, like I take a brick and club you in the back of the head, you might have to go to the hospital for that. But if I make a joke and I do like an impression of a Chinese lady, like, are you going to have to go check into the hospital for that shit? I think it's pretty obvious. No, you're not going to have to go check in the hospital for that right. shit. So I thought it was genius that he opens up with Prince, right? And at first I'm thinking, well, Dave likes Prince, like... Obviously, Prince figured into the Chappelle show pretty big and the um, the true Hollywood stories, the the um, Charlie Murphy's true Hollywood stories. So he he factored in uh, really well. And I know that that he and Prince kind of had a relationship after that. So I thought maybe it's just because he really likes Prince. And, and obviously, Prince is gone now. So maybe it's a, like a way to honor this dude that he knew and respected, which is cool, right? I mean, uh, so but then when you when you hear the song, though, he chooses party like it's 1999. It's obvious that the song is about making hay while the sun shines. So the lyrics of the song are about, you know, I woke up this morning, could have sworn it was judgment day. Like, I'm going to party. You know, like if I have to die tomorrow, I'm going to listen to my body tonight. Uh, and, and one of the other lines of the song is, um, life is just a party, but parties weren't meant to last. So I think Dave carefully chose that song because what he's saying about the cancel culture is that... All of these celebrities, they're on top of the world one day, they're rich, they're powerful, they're influential, and then something comes out and boom. So I thought that was clever of Dave because he tells these jokes later. He does the impression like, if I find out you did anything wrong, I'm going to take everything away, even if it's 15 years later. Who's that impression of? You motherfuckers. Entertaining you motherfuckers is the worst and shit like that because he's like, "You you can't be a celebrity these days. So I thought it was genius of Dave to come out with party like it's 1999 because he's saying none of this shit is meant to last. Dave might be super popular now, but hey, after the special drops, who knows? People might hate Dave for the jokes he's about to tell. So I thought it was kind of genius that he does that. And then um, the lines that Dave was reading or, or kind of pseudo singing was he said, I try to run from, uh, he's talking about the people, you know, woke up, I could have sworn it was judgment day. They tried to run from the destruction. You know, I didn't even care. So he's talking about all these 
other celebrities that are doing their best to like batten down the hatches, make sure that nobody finds out about the shit they did, the texts they sent, the dick pics or whatever, the Kevin Spacey touched the the guy's nutsack and tried to, you know, fondle the dude and sexually assault. And everybody's trying to cover their shit up. And Dave's like, fuck it. I don't care. I'm about to tell these jokes anyway. I'm coming out here. I'm going to tell the jokes. You guys can go be PC. I'm going to fucking come out here and I'm going to tell the jokes that I'm here to tell. And I, I, I thought it was like he built a lot of meaning into the first half of the show where, and where he set that up with that intro. What do you guys think? I've talked long enough. <laughs> See, when listening to you talk about it, a lot of things came to my mind. I think something that we people don't really talk about is the fact that is this whole outrage culture a good thing in terms of how – think about it like this. Hear me out here. For years now, celebrities have lived their life on a high horse where they seemed untouchable, and they basically did whatever they wanted to do. Yep. With no consequences whatsoever. Then social media came around and something changed. Mm-hmm. Like, for perfect example, and I think this is the kind of the first sign we see of outrage culture, Tiger Woods. Yeah. When Tiger Woods dating all these women and cheating on his wife mm-hmm. was so technically, socially acceptable, at, before that time, before he got caught and put out in front street for everybody to mock and make fun of and basically try to destroy his career, that was socially acceptable at that point in time. Like, you know, Jordan did it. Maggie Johnson got HIV from doing it. You know, it was a common thing. But somewhere during that time, society changed and said, okay, this is not okay. And I think it kind of started with Tiger Woods where yeah. now you have to have – now as a celebrity, you have to carry yourself a certain way today. Do you think there's something about like the masses, they like to see these people – kind of knocked off the high horse a little bit. Like, Oh, definitely. I felt that way about Tiger Woods. Like, dude, I mean, he was so young and he was just like absolute master of his sport. He was fucking killing it. And the guy had endorsement deals, Nike Gatorade. I mean, the same thing with Jordan, I guess too. He had the Gatorade deal. Um, Jordan had Haynes. I mean, you're talking about these guys. I mean, Tiger Woods, especially there was a while where it was just like, holy cow, like the dude was killing it at, at golf. And then he was also, I mean, he was on top of the world. And it, do you feel like Biggest athlete in the world. normal people see that? And they're just like, okay, fuck that guy. I don't feel sorry for that guy. Cause he's got a billion dollars. Like I, like I sometimes feel like there's a certain type of person that maybe they don't have as much. And they're just like, yeah, fuck you. You know, like I got to go to work for 40 K a year. Yeah. You can kiss my ass. I don't have Gatorade money. And they don't feel bad when they see someone fall off like that or experience that hard times. Cause that had to be terribly hard for Tiger Woods, especially like, that's a great example. I think that's exactly what it is. Actually. I think when you have all these celebrities and they're kind of on their high horse and like, like Tiger Woods kind of was in a sense where you see all these commercials where he's trying to tell people how to be positive and things like that. Yeah. The whole image of him was this upstanding, super clean, clean, squeaky guy. Yeah. Then you get these stories about him not being too squeaky clean. Yeah. And then it, it all comes, it comes tumbling down. I think it happens a lot, but we pay attention to it more when it's people like that. Again, another perfect example, Kim Kardashian. When yeah. she came out, she came out, got known off a of sex tape. Yeah. So anything after that, people really didn't care about because, well, her standing was already set to the point where she got known off a sex tape. Yeah, everybody saw Ray J fucking her. So it's like, all right, I mean, what, what are you going to do that's going to shock me now? I, I, I watched you bone Ray J, so. So when she has things happen, people are like, uh, it doesn't really last that long. And that's kind of yeah. why the Kardashians have stayed popular for so long because people just don't give a fuck when they have controversy. It's true. Even when 
Bruce did a whole sex change. It may have became like well known for like a month. Then people it kind of just died out. Nobody cared. Yeah, and that's a thing too. The Bruce Jenner thing reminds me of some of the shit Ch- Chappelle was saying. He's like, you know. I hate to feel like I'm picking on trans people, but he's like, I can't stop telling jokes. Like, I can't stop. Like, the shit writes itself. Like, when 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 Bruce Jenner transitions and becomes Caitlyn Jenner, and then a few months later gets Woman of the Year from ESPN or wherever, and, and then it's like, hold on a second. Men are better than women at everything, including being women? Hmm. Like, how does this work? How does, how does a guy become a woman for six months and then he beats every other woman for woman of the year? Like that feels like a joke to me. I'm sorry. I don't want to offend a trans person, but it's fucking funny that a guy who is a dude for fucking 50 years can become a woman and six months later, woman of the year. Why? Because, well, he's standing out for trans women. And so he's Mm -hmm. become this. He's become this symbol and this role model for trans women and trans acceptance. So on the one hand, you can kind of see people wanting to honor Caitlyn for that. That's what comes up for me. Yeah. But then it's uh, when you when you have a comedian's mindset and you look at it and you're like, all right, so dude for 50 years, woman for six months, we already beat you women at being women. We beat women at being women. We beat women at being women. And no one wants to hear that, but it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. It is funny when you say it like that, but I, yeah. I'm sure that's not... That's not What's what they that? were thinking when yeah. they gave him totally. or her, uh, yeah. excuse me, when they gave her woman of the year, but it's like, wow. Okay. I mean, there we go. There we have it. How do you feel? Delvin? We're better at women yeah. than everything, including being women. <laughs> I think, um, at some point, like you have to laugh at the funny things, man. Certain yeah. things yeah. are just ironic and certain things are just yeah. funny. And I think we can't be uptight about everything. And I think mm-hmm. true equality is when I can sit around a table with, my white friends, quote unquote, and make jokes about them. And they can sit around the table and make jokes about with their black friends and our trans friends can sit there and crack jokes. And no one gets offended because yeah. we know we're all friends at the end of the day. Yeah. And I think that's true equality when we can sit together at a table and not only be peaceful and accepting of yeah. each other, but have fun at doing it. Mm-hmm. Do you mm-hmm. think it's like, um, do you think that's like sort of an intent thing? Because like if you're sitting around with a group of friends and You've got this whole motley crew. You know, you've got the black friend, the white friend. Maybe there's an Asian friend there too. There's a couple of ladies like my wife. There's maybe uh, even let's let's sprinkle in some LGBTQ. Let's pepper. Let's let's put some of that LGBTQ five spice on on this little gathering, and we'll throw in a trans and a and a, uh, a gay person in the group, and we're all cracking jokes and 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 laughing, and because we know each other, we trust each other. We know that like nobody means any ill will towards me versus like a stranger, like a stranger could almost say the same shit and be like, "Whoa, motherfucker. Like those are fighting words. Like, do you think it's sort of the intent of like, well, I, Dave Chappelle's not trying to hurt anybody. Like I can watch that. And he's like, he's not trying to hurt my feelings. Like this is funny shit to me versus if you see somebody like the Tiki torch parades, the guys doing the white nationalism shit, like, you know, their intention is not to entertain or amuse and they're not being funny about it. These guys are just, Asshole. You know, not like, trying I think to be it's funny. all about intent. And I think you have to look at a person's history. Like yeah. a person's history shows that they are, generally speaking, good to all races. Yeah. Then they make one fuck up. Okay. Yeah. Take that search. Okay. He screwed up one time. Yeah. Forget it. Move. Like everyone puts their foot in their mouth at some point, right? I mean, yes. like you know, you have to look at those type of things. I think yeah. that's the biggest problem I have with today's culture is the yeah. fact that we don't look at a person as a whole. We just see one event. 
say, well, that person's a piece of shit because they did this. But we yeah. don't look at the 99 other good things that person's done in their lives. Yeah. Or like, um, yeah, like the there should be a statute of limitations for most of the shit that people find offensive, right? Like murder, maybe not. Rape, maybe not. Okay. No statute of limitations needed. If we find out that you killed somebody 30 years ago, you're still going to jail. But like Justin Trudeau has been in the news this week because he put brown makeup on and dressed as an Indian, so not an Indian, Aladdin. He, he dressed Arabic. He dressed as Aladdin, but he put brown makeup on so he would look more Arabic, I guess. Which I thought was dumb because yeah. I've watched the Aladdin cartoons. Aladdin does not look Arabic at all. Yeah, I mean, he's not, yeah. I, I think he probably could have just, you know, done the turban and people would have got the fact that he was dressed as Aladdin. I don't think he needed to get out the brown shoe polish, but... Um, a land looks like a white guy in Saudi Arabia. That's yeah. exactly what he looks like. But people were like getting pissed at him. I'm like, dude, this was 18 years ago. Can you really be mad at the guy? Like, like 18 years, like cut the guy some slack. And I'm not even a Justin Trudeau fan. Like, I think it's kind of ironic that he's getting in some shit because he's like the, the guy that upholds all this social justice shit in Canada. So it's like kind of ironic. And I, I enjoy the irony, but the other hand is like, come on guys, you really, I mean, was like 18 what, years ago. Like, let the guy. It's like what Dave Chappelle was saying. It's like if he did something forever ago. It's yeah. like our culture has gone to let's search and yeah. search and search yeah. until we find something that can put a smudge yep. and ruin somebody's success. And we're not like happy for people to be successful. Yeah. People hate and they, yeah. you know, they don't want to see other people succeed. So you're uniting these two thoughts. I love it. Yeah. These two trains of thought, these two threads you're weaving together, because it makes a lot of sense that people would like, they would want to knock somebody down a peg or two when they see someone successful or, or completely doing off really the well, fucking pegboard or completely off the fucking pegboard. But they want to like, let me go dig the, through this guy's like, um, the guardians of the galaxy dude, uh, James Gunn, James Gunn, right? They dug up some, they dusted off some tweets from like, Eight years ago, nine years ago, ten years ago, so like, oh, look, up. he made some bad jokes. Let's fire him. That's a perfect example of the the cancel culture, that it's not enough these days. Now, Dave does a great job. He looks at the camera during his, his stand-up, and he says, all you motherfuckers watching at home on Netflix, remember one thing. You clicked my face, motherfuckers. Totally. You clicked yeah. my face. Like... That was what we were saying earlier. Can't you just keep scrolling, motherfucker? Like, or turn it off at any point if it becomes enough. distasteful to you. I got to petition Netflix. I got to write Netflix a letter, and I got to get 100,000 of my friends and Is followers. Is that what they're doing? I don't Is think there a I, movement to do that? It did happen to James Gunn, the director of Guardians of the Galaxy. Enough people got pissed off at ABC, which owns, I mean, Disney, which owns uh, Marvel. It's crazy that that it's not enough for people to say, well, I don't like the tweets that James Gunn put out a decade ago. I'm going to avoid his work and I'm not support him. It's like, I don't want Delvin to enjoy his shit either. I'm going to make sure that I go to their boss. I'm going to tell your boss, Hey, you got a guy working for you. Who's a piece of shit. He's offensive. He's a racist or he's a bigot or he's a misogynist or whatever. I'm going to try to get him fired. Cause you know what? My vote doesn't count anymore. People realize like if I boycott tiger woods, for instance, I'm one of maybe, I don't know, he had to have had tens of millions of fans at that point in his career, if not more, hundreds of millions, maybe the world around. Cause the guy's half black, half Asian. He's got all 7 billion motherfuckers in China or 5 billion, 4 billion motherfuckers in China who love him too. Cause they're like, Hey, this is our boy. And he's killing it at the golf game. So the fact is, I realized that if I said, well, I don't want to support Tiger Woods. 
my vote doesn't matter. My vote is lost in a sea of other people that love Tiger Woods. So it's like people now, it's not enough to keep walking. It's like, I got to go after this person now. And I, I regret that. That's the cancel culture. That's the whole thing about the cancel culture that baffles me the most, that most of the time, it's a vocal minority. Of course, yeah. It's never like the majority of people saying, fuck this person, we want to get them out of here. Yeah. It's, a, it's probably like 10,000, 20,000, let's even go to 100,000 people. But this person has millions of fans. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy. Like, when, this is something that humans do in general that is crazy. When we like something, we don't say anything. Totally. We say yeah. how we like it. We don't, you don't usually see us going to write comments on, this is great, this is fantastic, unless yeah. it's truly exceptional. But when we hate something, oh, yeah. we let everybody and their mama know how awful it is. Like, you go yeah. to a restaurant and it's bad. We are telling five, 10, yeah. 15 of our friends, hey, this place. Posting on my Facebook, writing a Yelp yes. review. This place sucked. The food was terrible. The service was yes. awful. But when you get a good, when you go to a good place, like there's a place down the street from us we eat at once a week. I shit you not, Friday night, we ordered $80 worth of food from this place. No lie. I don't think we've left them a review. And I mean, we love this place. Like we're not going to move because we can't live without this restaurant. It's Saigon and Tokyo. They got the best sushi. Their Vietnamese food is incredible. They got these Vietnamese spicy wings. Holy shit. They're so good. I ate the rest of them today. But the idea is that I, as much as we love this place, we haven't gone on to Yelp, have we, to leave them a good review? Nope. But if somebody pissed me off, I'd be like, ooh. Can't wait to. We don't do it that much either. I, I was gonna say I don't. I'm pretty lazy, so yeah. <laughs> that works. That works in people's favor. Some people really do. Some people really do. They're gonna go after it. They're gonna say I'm gonna come after you because you. Yeah, I think me it, off. it's been like that for. I mean, that's like a age old, um, like so situation think? where if it's negative, you tell people. If it's positive, yeah. you don't I'm need before. to really let off steam about it. I think before the internet and the social media really, especially, allowed people to aggregate in large numbers. If you had a problem with James Gunn or Dave Chappelle or Roseanne Barr, you would write a letter to ABC or Disney or 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 something like that or Netflix, and you would say, "I do, I don't like Dave Chappelle. I don't approve of his new stand-up because it offended me because of X, Y, and Z." And then you'd have to like put it in an envelope and put a mm-hmm. stamp on it and take it to the mailbox. It's like now there's so much less of a barrier to that. And you can get all of your friends. You can you can post something and repost mm-hmm. it, and hundreds of people yeah, have seen media it. Change the game exactly. It allows you to really get the attention of the decision makers at these large executive studios or whatever. That that now I can get your attention, and I can tell you how offensive Dave Chappelle is to me. And maybe if enough people bitch, then Netflix will decide, well, it's just not worth us to continue to associate with Dave Chappelle. And that was the last time we'll do a special with Dave Chappelle. And that would be a shame. But that ain't happening. That ain't happening. Yeah. <laughs> that ain't happening at all because they, he got a little bit of this, the last special that he had. Yeah. It wasn't as big as it is now, but he got a little bit of this. People say, oh, he's out of touch. He's talking about trans people and stuff like that. You think about how long... He's been doing his thing too. And it's like, man, I was watching Chappelle's show like, I was like back in like 2002. What year did that, that show come out? And then even before Chappelle's show, he had to do, he had to become popular enough as a stand up and did Half Baked in the late 90s. I mean, the guy's been doing his thing for more than 20 years on a national level. I definitely think he's earned that. I mean, yeah. unless he's been like quaaluding bitches like Bill Cosby and we don't know about it yet, you yeah. know what I mean? Like he's cemented, like he's locked in, I think. We'll hear about yeah. it in like 10 years. 
<laughs> no kidding. And that's another thing too, is like people can kind of come after you. It's like, uh, I feel like this is a slightly different topic, but if you're a celebrity, you sort of got to be careful now too. It's like the shit that Bill Cosby could get away with in the seventies. Cause nobody had a cell phone that recorded high def 4k video and high def audio is like, you maybe want to not do that so much these days. Cause yeah. people got fucking podcast That's device in their pocket. Thing. No, yeah. it's not a yeah. bad thing. No, I'm not saying like yeah. we should be allowed to rape guys. I really, Gosh, if I had a time machine, I'd go back to the 1950s and I would do so much drugging and raping. Yeah, that's crazy because, and I've said this before about the whole Bill Cosby thing. People don't realize this because Bill Cosby, they think Bill Cosby's an awful person, but one of the things about that is that was the standard back then. A lot of people were doing those type of things, slipping quaaludes in people's drinks and Mm. having sex. And it's crazy to think that that was socially acceptable back then. Yeah. But that's a horrible reality of our past. Yeah. So I think there's probably, like, when you look back at past, just history real generally, you think there's a lot of really terrible shit that happened back in the day that was more socially acceptable back then. I guess I don't agree. Like, I don't know when it was ever socially acceptable to slip quaaludes into people's drinks and rape. But can you imagine, though, like, let me give you a different example. The one that popped into my head was Emmett Till. Emmett Till was lynched, and this was the 20s? Was it the 1920s? It was roughly 100 years ago. But I'll tell you exactly. Might have been later than that. By today's standards, the idea of, and I think the, the, uh, the accusation against Emmett Till was that he whistled at a white woman, and, and people killed him for mm-hmm. whistling at a white woman. And that sounds so insane today by our standards that, like, okay, you're going you're gonna to kill him but for it, that. But I would but, argue that that was more socially acceptable in that time. It's awful. Yeah. But I don't feel like it's ever been socially acceptable to slip drugs in people's drinks. And I feel I, like that's always been an, been offensive and yeah. an issue. It kind of was in the 70s in the drug culture where people were getting high in clubs and having fun and partying. Not saying it was right, but they yeah. kind of had this type of weird thing when they were, everybody was getting high and the whole free love thing and it was weird back then like yeah I think I think what what and I, I, I guess I'm trying to defend us in that we're not this is not the part of the podcast where Delvin and I as males decide that we're cool with with drugging and raping women. I, <laughs> no, not this at is all. not the part. I, I, don't, I don't think absolutely that's, not. I, I don't just think just for that's our listeners what, though. Yeah. Just for our listeners. Uh, look, shit happens when you party naked true but definitely don't rape we're against rape but at the same time i think dependence on the circle like delvin was saying you go to these parties they're in the playboy penthouse everybody there's on drugs or at least you're assuming everybody's there there is on drugs and that drugs are going around freely and that you're you're basically you're at the sex buffet you're like well why would you get mad at me for going up to the buffet and getting another chicken wing at the golden corral the 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 type of people i think that did this type of thing were very much under the impression that they were at a place and at a certain time with a certain group of people where that type of behavior may not have been acceptable at like a church on a Sunday, but Saturday night we're at the Playboy penthouse, bottles are popping, people are... I'm still not in agreement. (laughs) Okay. 
Fair enough. I, I think what, what I'm arguing for is not that it was okay back then. My argument is that people perceived it differently back then. So, yes. so it's not like lynching Emmett Till was okay back then. People perceived it as more okay back then because of the cultural attitudes mm-hmm. that have uh, thankfully shifted in the, and in I'm the gonna meantime. Some, I'm going to say something wild going to blow your mind. Yeah. Emmett Till happened in 1955. Holy shit. I thought that was the 20s. Okay. Well, wow. God, that was like within 10 years of the civil rights movement too. That's a yes. little fucked up. And that's, it's fucked up for, I mean, it's fucked up to look at something like that, to be taught something like that in history class and just think, holy shit. Like, I, I mean, my mom was only one years old, but wow, like our, our parents were alive uh, and, and this type of shit was happening. But, but obviously, and, and maybe not even the majority of Americans thought that that was okay in 1955, but enough of them to get the the deed done, unfortunately thought it was okay. So you had a small subset of people who, I mean, Bill Cosby might've known, Hey, I shouldn't be doing this, but he thought he was going to get away with it at least when he was drugging those women. So I, and that's the crazy thing about it. I think that, and that's where we need to look at things like, damn, how fucked up were people back then where he got away with that for 20, 30 years. Nobody said nothing. Yeah. Not a single word. And, And like, People knew about it because they were making jokes about it on, on who was the comedian who met. Because this is how I first got found out about uh, the comedian, Hannibal Burris. Hannibal Burris, yeah. Hannibal Burris was one of the guys who was like kind of against Bill Cosby at the beginning. Like, because he thought that Bill Cosby's behavior was pretty reprehensible, like the rest of us. And he was saying his jo- those jokes about it in his stand up. When? Like 10 years ago? I mean, it was, before the, it was before the whole Bill Cosby thing hit, but Hannibal Burris was. I mean, he's a current, he's a, he's a modern comedian. So this wasn't like the 1980s, but this was like the mid 2000s to 2010, right? Yeah. It was like 20, like 2010, 2012. He was making these jokes. Yeah. And eventually people started hearing these jokes like, hold up. Bill Cosby did what? Didn't he, I think he did an interview and they asked him, like, yeah, this is all fucking true. It's been going on for decades and nobody said shit about it. That's fucked up. There was an early 2000s um, allegation against Bill Cosby that got squashed kind of fast, but I think it was in the news that somebody like had passed out at his house after a drink and she was like, my pants were on backwards and some shit. Like she reported some weirdness. And I think, I I don't know if they kind of settled something out of court to sort of make it go away, but I remember that was the first time I'd heard. I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. Like Hmm. passed out at Bill Cosby's house and you have some vague recollection of him on top of you grunting. Like that's, Oh, that doesn't sound like a fun sleepover at all, actually. Yeah. And there's a lot of stories like that in Hollywood that's happened that people kind of just brushed under the table. and Oh, it's not a big deal, but now you can't really do that. Harvey Weinstein was doing his shit. He was doing dirt back in the late eighties, early nineties to girls and got, got away with it. scot free. It wasn't until a couple of years ago that a bunch of women came out and said, Oh, wait a minute. This guy's a total fucking scuzz bag. And not only that, but he's a rapist too. He should probably go to jail. I mean, it, it, it's, it's sometimes it's baffling that it takes so long for a guy mm-hmm. like this to see People justice. People in power and, and celebrities. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But if yeah. you're Dave Chappelle, you got to be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Bill Cosby's out here raping ladies for decades. I told one fucking trans joke. Fuck you. What do you want from me? Yeah. I think that should be Dave Chappelle's entire defense. <laughs> like, look, I told a trans joke. Yes. I didn't drug and rape anybody. I was going to say, I think his whole show, I mean, he has the opportunity to offend multiple people. 
<laughs> was, he does. It's not yeah. just, it's not <laughs> not just, just trans. trans. It's a Chinese he opens people. The door. Yeah. The gay people. Yeah. yeah. People have been raped. Yeah. What was your favorite joke from the from the show? Oh, not raped, but um, the abortion people. Oh yeah, the abortion people. When he did the thing about abortion. Yeah. About women choosing, and then the guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I think I could have been offended by that, but I wasn't. Yeah. So the the joke was that it made um, my jaw drop. But yeah, it's like, <laughs> you were like, well, wow. Well. But the joke was, I think he he was saying something about um, the choice. You know, like you're mm-hmm. the woman. You've got the if you've got a penis, you don't have a vote. But he's like, if, really you, agree with, but. if you've got the right to, to murder him, I should at least be able to abandon the motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a good joke. Yeah. Yeah. My, my money, my choice, instead of my body, my choice. Yeah. I thought I that thought. was actually a good twist on the, like, my body, my choice. He's like, and my again, money, my choice. He was just speaking the, I mean, he was doing the devil's advocate, you mm-hmm. know? It was obviously the unpopular yeah. thing to say, but. Well, I don't know. I mean, it was I. Funny. There's a lot of motherfuckers on the internet, and they're all dudes. <laughs> Uh, but there's a lot of dudes on the internet that are like, um, well, if women can choose to abort the child and the man doesn't have a say, even if he wants to raise the baby, she gets to abort it, then we should be able to waive our parenting rights and not have to pay child support. And it's like, oh, you just knock somebody up and you don't want to pay child support, right? That's that's kind of, you're bitching about the fact that you're going to have to pay child support on some mm. kid you didn't mean to have. Mm. It's like, yeah, I'm sorry, you can't just abandon kids. You know, like everybody would do that then. And then we have enough of that happening. Like you need to help. Mm-hmm. Raise your kids, you know, mm-hmm. like at least help pay to put clothes on a on a kid's back and give them lunch money and some shit. But it's like a debatable. It's a very debatable for sure. Because I would say, like, look, if you really don't want to have to support a kid that you don't want, like, don't fuck. You are the well, and what the dudes always say is like, well, how come I don't have a choice? And I'm like, you do. You could have kept that semen in your nutsack, bro. Mm-hmm. No one's allowed to extract that semen out of your nutsack. Take the semen out of your testicles and get themselves pregnant with it. It's once you ejaculated into them that it's kind of, it's like if I fed you a breakfast, I made an omelet for you. And an hour later, I was like, bitch, throw that omelet up. You're not allowed to keep them eggs. Those are my eggs. You're not allowed to have those calories. You can't do what you want with those calories. Those are my calories. You know what I mean? It's like once it's in you, it's kind of yours. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I mean, it makes me sound like a feminist, but I don't know. Maybe that's, that's where I agree with the feminists. Like, what was your favorite joke of the, of the sticks and stones? I don't you like a best? favorite joke, but I love the ending after the actual show ended. And they yeah. went like a week later and they had like 30 minutes extra where you just sitting down talking to people and asking them questions. I love that. That was incredible. I love my favorite part of the whole thing. It was like bonus features for a stand-up show. Yes. Yeah. So I, I actually really liked that. There was actually a joke from there that I really liked. I can't remember right now. Yeah. And it was a few of them that was in there that was really funny with him just sitting there riffing, talking to the fans and them asking him questions. It kind of shows like a uh, good skill. I think if you... I think a lot of people look at stand up as like, oh, I could do that because Dave Chappelle is just out there saying words. And if I, maybe if I had, if I took the time to write down funny words, then all I would have to do is go stand there in front of a microphone and say the words, right? Like anybody could do that. But the, the idea is like, like, no, you can't like watch him riff off these fans and he's coming up with shit on the fly and it's funny. You, that's a skill. That's a talent. Like it's not a matter of Dave Chappelle memorizing certain words and going out and delivering certain lines and the people laugh. Like there's an art to it as well. There's an inflection of your voice. There's a, a delivery style where like that's actually part of the art and that's part of what makes people laugh so hard. Like I don't think just anybody could go do the sticks and stones routine. Like you have to be Dave to do that routine. 
Yeah, I think it's funny to say. I think podcasting is very similar. For sure. Not everybody could do what we do. People think that they could do what we do, but not everybody could do what we do. Any, anybody can do a podcast, just like anybody could be a comedian. Yeah. But not everybody can do a good podcast. Yeah. Not everybody <laughs> is funny, like old Seamus. Not everybody. <laughs> Todd. What's up, Todd? What's up, Todd? Yeah, have you seen Todd's comedy? I don't I don't want to bag on Todd too much, but dude. I have. That shit is not funny. Ooh. Todd is Seamus is just a unique guy in every sort of way. I'll give him credit for having balls to be able to get up in front of five people and say those jokes. Whew. One of the funniest things I've ever experienced in my life is when I did the series on the state of America and he was on one part of it. Because he tells this story about how, I think he was a dishwasher mm. and they offered him a promotion or some shit like that. And they, he turned the promotion down. Like, I don't want this promotion. This beneath me, I'd rather stay a dishwasher. And like, motherfucker, you are poor. I didn't turn down promotions and stuff when you have no money. <laughs> Everything's a move up from dishwasher. That was my literally my first job ever of all yeah. time was dishwasher. Not a fun job. No, a, that job blows. Take any promotion you can get. Yeah. So I think what was my favorite joke? I think one of the ones that I liked the best <clears throat> was when he went to Kmart to get the gun. And he's like, I need a gun. And the guy hands him a shotgun. So he's like, okay, well, now I need bullets. And the guy gets out the two boxes. And he's like, one has a bird on it. One has a, a, a buck on it or a deer on it. He's like, what's that one? And the guy's like, this here's birdshot. And then he volunteers. He just goes, that won't kill a man. And I think that was the part that I laughed the hardest. Because he's yeah. doing this like kind of like this yokel southern dude. And he's like, this here's birdshot. That won't kill a man. <laughs> that just, and that's where I talk about like the art. The way he delivers, like he does a little bit of pause and then he says, that won't kill a man. Like he lowers his voice a little bit. Like the guy's like leaning in a little bit and he's like, that won't kill a man. <laughs> that's what I came for. How'd you know? You know, that's the great thing about comedy that it puts you into somebody else's story and normally stuff like that wouldn't be funny. But when you think about it, like, oh, that's kind of a crazy situation. I think that's what Dave Pichel does so well in terms of putting on his shoes and his life. Yeah. And then you experience it for yourself and kind of finding the comedy in it. For sure. I mean, I, I think that's like that whole, that whole, the, the length of that entire joke is all about like shooting people. So it's kind of about killing people. But then it's like, when you think about that, it's like, that's not really funny. Like, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to shoot people. That seems kind of, but you're laughing the whole time, even though the whole things you're like laughing about him killing these like meth people that break into his house and shit. You're like, yeah, it's kind of, it's pretty funny. Yeah. But then when you think about it, you're like, that would be pretty horrific. Like if I had to shoot intruders that were on meth and there was like, there were, their guts were everywhere and they were blown. Like uh, they were all over my, like I'd be traumatized, but it's funny when Dave, when Dave talks about it, it's funny. It's just funny. Yeah. Even when he, um, was talking about the school shooting. The motherfuckers who are doing the shootings are in the classes mm. teaching yeah. you. I thought that was funny, at. too. Yeah, they're learning as well. Where are we going to meet? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> my love. Hi. I was talking to Delvin. Oh. <laughs> JK. JK. Um, we have a new sponsor. Yeah. Yeah, starting this week, we have a sponsor named MyBookie.ag. Love you. Yeah, I just wanted to um, ask you about your strong, strong NFL knowledge. Do you mm. feel like you're... I've been in training the last couple of weeks, I feel like. I feel like you have done a really splendid job watching NFL the last couple of weeks. Yes. I actually wanted to bring that up because I also know you like to make extra cash. Yes. 
Yes, you do. Yes, I do. I you like do. you to make me extra cash. You do. You you like it when I go into the fountains at uh, a park and like pull out all the quarters. I do. Uh, <laughs> but if you could take your extra NFL knowledge, make a little extra cash, it's like when, when? kismet. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing says Christina Almy to me <laughs> like NFL knowledge and making extra cash, but my bookie.ag can help you make that dream come true. Maybe not so much for you, but the listeners out there who actually do know something about the NFL. Um, the we're, we're, we're doing the baseball playoffs, MLB playoffs are going on, World Series is going to start soon. Really? Yeah. Can you believe it? I thought that was during the summer. No lie. Well, baseball is during the summer, my love. See, everybody, <laughs> why this, this ad... Uh, this sponsor is just perfect for Christina. This this sponsor fits her like a glove in an O.J. Simpson trial. Let me tell you. So, yes, baseball is played often during the summer. However, it extends into the fall, and usually they wrap up in October. <laughs> oh, my. Your knowledge is great. Um, Thank you. MyBookie.ag. Everybody go to MyBookie.ag. Uh, sign up when you make your first deposit. Use our promo code Naked. No one's yeah. ever going to forget that. Naked. Yeah. Uh, save us from my wife's really poor sports knowledge <laughs> by going to mybookie.ag. Enter code word naked. They're going to double your initial oh. investment. Yeah. So That's if you're going to play with a hundred bucks, mybookie.ag, they're going to make it two hundred bucks. All right. So use our code word naked. They're going to double whatever you're putting in to bet with. So mm-hmm. bet with some dough on us, all right? Party Naked Podcast, despite my wife's very poor knowledge of I want to go bet. Yeah, well. I didn't know they were going to double it. Yeah, well, there's all sort of stuff to mm-hmm. bet on. NBA is going to be starting soon. Hockey's getting fired up here. Go uh, Bruins. Yeah, go Bruins. We're up here in the New England. No idea how they did last year. No idea. <laughs> my wife is such a sports fan, everybody. Look. This is the most perfect sponsor for us. Everybody check out mybookie.ag. <laughs> Christina, would you also describe yourself as frugal? Very. I would actually describe you as cheap. For <laughs> those of you out there who maybe are a little bit more risk averse, uh, mybookie offers parlays, which will allow you to bet a little but win a lot more. Mm, so It's my alley. That is right up your alley. So for instance... Uh, If you like a couple of big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a bigger payout. So Mm -hmm. it can kind of help you out if you're not, um, you know, you're not Daddy Warbucks over here with all the money in the world to go gambling. You can you can place some smaller bets, but you can still get a decent payout. So, uh, guys, head over to mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Happy day. Bitch better have my money. Bitch better have my money. Yeah. Well, dude, um, why don't we, it's been about an hour, so why don't we tell everybody where they can find Delvin Cox? If they want to hear more of you, where do these people need to go? Well, you can go on Twitter, and I'm at Delvin underscore Cox, and the podcast is the Delvin Cox Experience. Anywhere you get podcasts at, Spotify, Apple Podcast Network, stick everywhere, anywhere you can think of that your podcast app is, Delvin Cox Experience is there. All right, well, at Delvin Cox Delvin underscore Cox, if he uh, if he triggered you today, go at him. Don't at me, all right? Jeez, you guys. <laughs> sticks and stones, people. Remember, sticks and stones. 
you know, you never have to go to the hospital because somebody says something offensive. Because I post something about deaf chicks making sounds like you're clubbing a baby seal when they have sex. You don't have to go to the hospital after you read that. One of my favorite comments I've ever gotten about one of my podcast episodes is I was doing a series with um, the Bearded Idiots and the guys from the What Up No podcast. Yeah. We're talking about gun control. Yeah, I remember that episode. Good episode. So the episode, the first one that I had with the What Up No podcast, somebody coming in there and said, I don't know if this is racist as fuck or satire. (laughs) (laughs) You're like satire. Satire is way more genius than... Like any idiot can be racist, but it actually yeah. takes some smarts to to do satire. So this is a satire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was funny because I told the guy, just listen to the episode. He said, I'm intrigued. So okay, listen to the next one. He said, Ah, I see what you're doing now. Yeah. I see what you're doing and I hate it. I'm gonna get you canceled <laughs> right away. Like, try to cancel me, bitch. I'm a podcast. I pay all the bills. No one pays me. Try to cancel me, <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah, you can't cancel a podcast. No, you can't cancel us. That's the beauty of this. You can't cancel. Can't get this yanked off the internet. Once this is up, people, write all the letters you want. I'm not pulling it down. I'm I'm president and CEO of this bitch. I'm not pulling it down. Shit, that's free. Podcasts are free. Exactly, it's free. Speaking of which, please go check out Delvin Cox Experience. Also, hey, if you're listening to this for the first time, click subscribe, motherfucker. Shit happens when you party naked. You know what? You want to hear us again. We'll be back. We'll trigger you again next week. I promise you. We got to do this again soon, man. Oh, definitely. I always enjoy this. Me too, man. I like that we had like something really solid to dig into. Like I felt like Chappelle's stand-up gave us like a lot of meat. It was like really something I could like, ah, oh, I got a lot of thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. that was a good idea. And I think it's dope that we had a chance to talk about it. Because I haven't talked about it until you brought it up to me. Yeah. 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 I hadn't even watched it until I texted you and I was like, hey, man, do you want to watch this? And then. Like we could talk about it because I heard it was getting all sort of like, you know, it was, it was people are buzzing about it. So I was like, dude, yeah, let's talk about this. So I actually, when I watched it this week, I was like, fuck, like this is a lot to think about, like with the Prince thing and everything. I was like, like Dave yeah. really is kind of like treating this like an art with the, the whole Prince, like the way he wove that song in to kind of convey some of his meaning without outright stating it. Like he sets the table really well. I was like, damn, Dave, like it's good. This is really got me thinking. Definitely. I agree with that completely. Well, fuck yeah. Let's do it again soon, my brother. Definitely, brother. All right. Well, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. We're going to go pick up our kid now. It was nice to meet awesome. you. Yeah. Electronically. Nice you. <laughs> we'll see you next time you come visit New England. Definitely. That's the thing. I need to do that. Yeah. Get up to Boston sometime, man. We'll, we'll come pick you up. We got Ooh, a spare bedroom. I'm down. Yeah. Awesome. Bye. Later. Later. All right, motherfuckers. That's the episode for this week. Hit me up on Twitter, Facebook. Instagram at Party Naked Pod. Also, while you're at it, go to innercirclepn.com to check out the other podcasts in the Inner Circle Podcast Network. Wonderful shows, fantastic shows, shows that you're going to love, like Hashtag No Offense, Simmons and More, Any Pod, The Plunge, Failing Hollywood, and Hood Diner. Speaking of my homies, Hood Diner, Big ups and shout out to official.com, O-H-F-I-S-H-L.com. Go check them out. They've got some excellent t-shirts. Go buy a couple of t-shirts. You're going to look really good. It's the fall, man. You need some new t-shirts, baby. Use the code acronym 
Schwipen, S-H-W-Y-P-N. Those are the initials for this show. Shit happens when you party naked. Schwipen, S-H-W-Y-P-N. Punch that code in as you check out to save 25% on some badass new t-shirts at official.com. That's O-H-F-I-S-H-L.com, motherfuckers. Shout out to our new sponsor, mybookie.ag. Go check them out. Use code word naked. They'll double your investment. Go uh, bet on some sports, man. It's NFL season. What are you doing? If you're not betting on NFL right now, you're a fucking loser, all right? Go bet some money on some NFL games. Don't bet on the Falcons, okay? Fuck those guys. Bet on some dogs. Bet on some bulldogs. All right, we love you. Team out me out. Like a hundred bucks No, I'm a young and broad My is a hundred So I'm feeling no sore Deluxe Fucking cat slippers Fucking cat slippers Where did that come from? Um, last time I appeared on the Delvin Cox Experience That's uh, the podcast that Mr. Delvin Cox here uh, Creates weekly um, He asks five questions of all of his guests As kind of a show opener And one of those questions was uh, what are the five things I'm going to take with me on the zombie apocalypse? And I don't know how, but within about 60 seconds, I managed to make a joke about fucking the cat on the third day of the apocalypse. Like you just get so desperate so fast and all, all hell breaks loose and all order is lost. And I was like, yeah, I would be, I would be raping a cat on the third day. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know how I did that. It's just, yes, you did that. Apparently, you're not going to be there if you just raping a cat on the third day. I know what's, what I happened mean, to you. That could that could go either way. Yeah, she's holding the camera. See how crazy he got. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be awesome. I've lost all my friends, but why should I care? Life is lovely in my eyes, so I ain't shed a single tear. I've developed my philosophies, modern day Socrates. View me as I'm nothing. I'll be worldwide like Socrates.